You're listening to Irish Radio Canada at Home and Abroad, and we are in Irish Heritage Month. Uh, it is not just Irish Heritage Week. It is not 17th of March, St. Patrick's Day, but in Canada, it is Irish Heritage Month. And that is as a result of a wonderful motion that was put through Parliament last year uh, that was spearheaded by James Maloney, MP, and he won unanimous support across the House to have the motion approved. Uh, no dissent, no bickering, uh, no political infighting, nothing. <laughs> One of those strange things where the Irish are able to bring everybody together, except ourselves. <laughs> James, James Filoni, welcome back and congratulations again on that. And we're in, we're into it. Well, listen, thank you. It's, and it's great to be back here. And it's hard to believe that that was a year ago that that we uh, managed to get that through. I'm going to correct you a little bit. There was some political fighting because people, people were tripping over each other to see who could support it more than the other, uh, okay. but, but, which, which is even more unique, yes, because ordinarily we're, we're pointing fingers at each other and wagging our fingers. But this was, this was a very, very special occasion. And as you know, we look back fondly on the last year, and as I said, it doesn't seem like that long ago, but because of the... Uh, the pandemic things, time seems to stand still in some respect, but it's, um, this is, this, we are now into the first full Irish Heritage Month because as you recall, the motion passed in the House on March 10th last year. So, uh, we've done a number of things leading up to the, the, the beginning of this month to celebrate the occasion and to remind people of the importance. And I just, I'll put it out there again, and I know you know this already and your listeners are, but Irish Heritage Month is not about St. Patrick's Day. It's not about green beer and green hats. As, as I was, I was speaking with our ambassador, uh, two weeks ago now, um, leading up to March 1st, we were talking about, uh, Canadian Irish heritage. And I said, Canadian Irish heritage is Canadian heritage. And that's, that's truth. That's just, that's just not some nice words. That's absolutely accurate because, um, if you look at how this country was shaped, how this country was built and who largely contributed to that, it was the Irish community. And whether you, um, were born in Canada and are proud of your Irish heritage or you were born in Ireland and you're proud of living in Canada, we are all incredibly proud of two things, Canada and Ireland. And that's why this month is so special. So to uh, commemorate the kickoff, uh, the, the ambassador and I uh, arranged two things this past week. Uh, on March the 1st, we had a Zoom call discussion uh, involving Canadian members of parliament and members from the Irish parliament to ce- celebrate the occasion. And then later in the day, we had a uh, very special uh, Zoom event. I'm sure you were watching it. Um, it was it was a Zoom, but you could you could uh, join through YouTube because there was uh, such large demand. We could we didn't want Zoom to break down, uh, and it was a discussion the ambassador and I had. We celebrated with some Irish music. We celebrated some great stories of people who uh, contributed to building this country. Uh, we talked about you know where we have come from, where we are going, and then we were joined by the Prime Minister. Uh, it was a very, very special occasion and it was a great way to launch the first full month. So, uh, we all have so much to be proud of and it was just, it was a great, great day. I know, James, I have chatted with the ambassador about the Irish impact on Canada and 
what the ambassador has acknowledged, and we all do need to acknowledge, is that it's we're all great at telling stories, and we're all great at embellishing the stories to make sure that they sound good. But there's the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yep. And the ambassador was all very cognizant that we have to recognize that the Irish contribution has good, bad, and ugly involved and not try to hide behind some of it. So is that in order to build relationships with First Nations, with uh, the Francophone community and everything else, some of it is to acknowledge some of the, the, the of, of deals that were co- committed. Well, no, you're absolutely right, and, and uh, I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, when you're building something, you're going to run into problems. Um, and you can't ignore the problems because, uh, that's, that's part of the process. And, uh, Ambassador McKee is, is acutely aware of that. And he has, uh, you know, he has taken up his position here with such enthusiasm. I can't keep up with them. Uh, and, and he's, he's celebrating, you know, our Irish heritage, the good, the bad, and the ugly. You're quite, you're quite right. I mean, he's, you're probably familiar with this project he's embarked upon. It's the 50 Irish Lives Project. And it really is a, a bringing to life of what Irish Heritage Month was supposed to represent. And it, it talks, it's, it's going to address the things you're talking about. It's, you know, the, the good, the bad, and the ugly. There was challenges along the way. People encountered real difficulties. People made mistakes. But the outcome was all positive, and that's the good. And uh, I joked with them the other day. I said, "You're 50 Irish lives. You're going to have to. How many volumes is this thing going to be? Because you're you're going to hit 50 in the in the uh, thought process." But um, it, no, it's a valid point, and that's why it's so important. Because we, like I said, if you know if you're if you're born here and you're proud of your Irish heritage. People need to hear these stories to be reminded of all of these things. If you just you look at the evolution of Quebec or here in Ontario, look at the Niagara region. Um, the Irish played uh, a big part in the evolution of education, government, uh, religion, um, law enforcement. But, uh, you know, nobody's perfect, not even the Irish. <laughs> We're perfect in our imperfections. We're That's perfect in our imperfections, exactly. <laughs> and I know with the 50 Irish lives, again, the ambassador had mentioned to me that he found it necessary on round one for 50 Irish lives that the requirement was you had to be Irish born because he recognized yeah. that if you went outside of that, you were looking more at 5,000 Irish lives. So, so on the, the initial volume I do know is confined to those that were born in Ireland. He was probably afraid because I'm a politician that I was going to ask him to put me in it. That's that's really what he's trying to prevent. Was that as a footnote? <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, so over the course of a month, and, and one of the challenges in something like this is that you don't run stale by the 18th of March, that, you, that there's something there that makes it into – uh, not something every day, but it turns it into a month as distinct from a big build-up, a climax on the 17th, 18th, and then nothing. Oh, a, a very valid point, because I want people to be talking about this on March 31st, as well as March 1st, and in March 17th, of course. Um, you know, we need to celebrate so many different things. And like, we're going to build on this year year in year out i mean this is this is year two it's the first full year but we need to celebrate irish women you know the mm-hmm. the contribution that uh 
Irish women have brought to Canada. Um, the Irish Film Festival this year, I think, in, in Toronto is taking place after March 17th. So, you know, the, the celebration will continue. But you're quite right. We need to, we need to spread this out. And I've been talking with the, um, numerous Irish, uh, community groups here in Toronto to try to, because everybody tries to, you're right, tries to condense things in and around the 17th and they, you know, so you end up with this, this mad dash between about the 12th of March to the 17th or the 18th. And by the time it's over, everybody's exhausted. We need to spread these things out and celebrate each of them one in their own distinct fashion and add to that calendar. So it's, it's something we're going to continue to build on, but, uh, you're absolutely right because it, it is a month. It's not a day. And I know with the progress that's been made around Ireland Park and now Grasset Park is open, uh, there are so many rich areas of heritage and places that are well worth uh, highlighting over the course of a month. That it, I think it probably presents a tremendous opportunity to draw attention to different aspects of the Irish influence across the country coast to coast. You're absolutely right. Thank you for, for bringing up uh, Grissette Park and Ireland Park. I mean, uh, those are two significant landmarks uh, on the Toronto landscape now, uh, which remind people, you come into Billy Bishop Airport, that's now going to be the first thing you see uh, if you're going by on the water. It's, it's, a, it's a landmark you can't miss, and it's a significant reminder. But you can go into virtually... Any town, city, or village across this country and very quickly learn about the Irish influence and how they contributed to building uh, a significant aspect of it or they've contributed contributed to the culture in some way. You know, Quebec, again, I mean, 40% of the population of Quebec identifies as having Irish heritage. You tell that to people outside of Quebec and they sort of look at you like you're not right thinking but it, you know these 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 are types of things you remember those tv commercials you know the, the canadian heritage moments you could do something like that for the month of march about you know irish heritage in canada every single day and not run out of things to talk about and you could start you could start on one coast and just go to the other and and i suppose the the other challenge is that um just keeping the Irish community um, aware. And, and one of the things I was always conscious of, that unlike most other ethnic groups, I would have to say we have a certain disadvantage. Now, we have lots of advantages, but we have a certain disadvantage. And part of that disadvantage is we blend in very easily. Yeah. And because we blend in very easily, uh, we can take for granted and to that extent, you know, we get off the plane and I've always said, you know, we're able to read the signs, we're able to speak the language, we look right. Um, and in fact, when you open your mouth, people want to hear more because they love the accent. So, you know, we, it's, and as a result of that, uh, the Irish do not, are, are not, or were not in the last 50 years or so confronted with the same challenges that many of the immigrants now have to endure. And I think what's important in that is that the bridge between what the Irish did endure in the 1840s, 1850s, 
uh, even 60s, 70s, 80s, all that time, that there needs to be a bridge built that kind of says that's what people who are now coming to Canada, they're struggling with what the Irish struggled with over that period of time. Well, uh, and you you sort of hit the the essence of what this motion is, is because uh, uh, Irish have been in Canada for so long that, um, and you've heard me say this before, they they've almost become too modest uh, because of the very nature of who we are. Uh, we don't talk about the contribution. We don't talk about the significant achievements. We don't talk about how they help build this country. It just is. And that's what this motion is, is not, not so people can, you know, brag about it or, but just to recognize it so that everybody else recognizes it. And to your point, because it helps with other groups that are coming to Canada now or over the past 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, because everybody uh, faces challenges when they first come to a new country. Uh, and as you said earlier, everybody makes mistakes as well. So it's, it's, it's in part to learn and it's to show what a great country it is because uh, nothing is uh, insurmountable. And all of these challenges that the people are facing now is, you know, everything that is new, everything that is old is new again. What's the saying? Mm-hmm. I think I got that wrong, but you know my point. Um, you know, there's, there's lessons to be learned. And that's, that's why this is so important because if you remind people of this, it helps, uh, other people. I'd be remiss, James, if I didn't ask if in the unfortunate world that we are now living in, um, that something I'm sure may be happening or to, draw attention to our empathy and our concern for the people in Ukraine. I, look, I'm really glad you brought that up. I was about to because it's the point we just made. One of the uh, attributes of uh, people of Irish ancestry that I think we should be most proud of is, is our kindness and desire to help other people, and that has never been more important than it is right now. Uh, Canada has a significant um, population of people who have Ukrainian heritage or people who have moved here from Ukraine, uh, and Ukraine is enduring something now that is uh, nobody thought could happen in 2022. So... Uh, this is my my ask. I'm asking that everybody in the Irish community in Canada and all communities, but while we're celebrating Irish Heritage Month and all of the reasons we are so lucky, I'm asking people to consider how they can reach out to their neighbors, their friends of Ukrainian heritage and ask them how you can help them and what you can do because they need our help desperately. Um, it's We're dealing with somebody now who's trying to... Uh, bring us back in time to 70 or 80 years ago to a time that should long be forgotten now. And you turn on the news every day and it's, it's, it's surreal what's happening. So like here in Etobicoke Lakeshore where I live, uh, we have a large, proud Ukrainian Canadian uh, community. And uh, 
I see them every day. And, and, and I was born in Thunder Bay, Austin. I moved to Toronto when I was a, a young boy before I was a teenager with my family. And Thunder Bay has a large Ukrainian community too. And when people ask me, talk about the Ukrainian community, I said, well, these people were my neighbors. They're my friends. They're my classmates. They're my teammates. They're my colleagues. Uh, it's just, it's who we are as a country. And we need to do everything we can to stand with them. And there's, there's, because we're, uh, there's financial aid. The government's doing everything we can. I, I, I'm on calls uh, regularly about this. Um, but uh, I'm asking people that uh, during this month when we're celebrating how fortunate we are to think about those who aren't and to do everything you can to help out. I noticed that the Irish government have just waived visa requirements for Ukrainians wishing to come to Ireland um, and I had been listening during the week to the case of a, a Dublin guy who's married um, to a Ukrainian, a Ukrainian lady and had a child and he, she would have required a visa and of course in any kind of crisis like this um, the wheels move slowly but I thought it was an interesting and, and wonderful initiative that the Irish government took this week the- Yeah, I know I, I saw that and, and the Irish government is uh uh, doing exactly what I just talked about. Um, and I'm in communication with, with people there, as I said. Uh, um, and our government is, this is, we've been engaged with this for weeks now in anticipating this, uh, not anticipating, hoping it wouldn't happen, but being ready for when it did. And, uh, I've been dealing with people helping them to, because the, the visa process is being accelerated and we're trying to find ways literally every day to, uh, fast-track the process and do everything we can to help. James, we should wrap up. Um, what I'll try and do over the rest of the month is make sure that as events are unfolding, um, to at least put them out there on Facebook and Twitter and maybe in the calendar that I have in my app, uh, so as that if somebody wants to uh, get a sense of what they can access. And what I didn't cover and should cover, of course, is while everything you mentioned that the, the kickoff was on Zoom, and uh, tied in with YouTube, and it's great the way they can uh, integrate with each other. Uh, this year, I presume, there will be a certain limited, blended, and limited in-person. Thank you. Thank you for bringing that up. The reason the reason we did the, the event on the first uh, virtually is because we wanted people from across the country to be able to participate. But this year, unlike last year and the year before that, we are going to be able to celebrate uh, not just on the 17th, but every day in person following for proper protocols. But that's, we've made great strides. You know, we, so, you know, we, we say we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. It, it's getting brighter every single day and we are able to do it in person. And that's very meaningful and very important for a whole, whole variety of reasons. So yeah, that's, that's another reason to celebrate. And I will be chatting our, our, with uh, this week. What we're covering is uh, Kitchener Waterloo what they're doing, and I'll be all, uh, also covering um, uh, Sean Keeley from the Irish Society in Ottawa, and uh, we may be able to connect with uh, Montreal and get a sense of what's happening in the different areas across the country as we approach the pinnacle, certainly. But on the pinnacle, there's a way up to the pinnacle, but you can take a slow hill down from the 17th to the 31st. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. It doesn't have to be a cliff edge. No. <laughs> James Maloney, it's been a real pleasure catching up with you again, and thank you for taking the time. 
no, no, it's, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for doing this and thank you for keeping the, the, the spirit alive and uh, doing what you do week in, week out.